You are listening to the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network, presented by Walmart. Hi, do all your girls, boys, and non-binaries out there? This is your boy Ron Dawson coming at you with another episode of Dungeons and Durags. My journey as a black man reconnecting with my blackness. And as I record this, it's a few days after the uh, historic overturn of Roe v. Wade by the 6-3 conservative-leaning Supreme Court. And, uh, man, I've had some feels about that. But uh, given everything that's been going on in this country and uh, how I've been feeling about it, uh, I thought two things. One, didn't have the energy or the state of mind to conceive and write an entirely new episode for this week. And uh, one of the episodes I want to do next is our Roscoe's episode. We've been talking for the longest time about me getting to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles and uh, uh, documenting that experience as it would be my first. Uh, Don't hate on a brother if you're out there. That is what the show is about. Uh, So I thought it would be fun to revisit an episode I did for my old podcast, Radio Film School. I've done this a couple of times where it was uh, appropriate. And I did an episode called (laughs) Do I Sound Black? And I think uh, when you hear the episode, you'll see how it fits within the repertoire of Dungeons and Durags. Uh, I think the name kind of uh, speaks for itself in terms of what it's about. Uh, you know, if you didn't know that this was a Ebony podcast, you just heard this show out of the blue. There's a good chance you wouldn't know that your boy here is a black man as dark as Hershey's dark chocolate uh, myself. Anyway, anywho, uh, yeah, so I think you're going to enjoy this uh, episode and uh, um, let me know what you think. And uh, in the episode, I talk about uh, following the advice of one of the brothers that I interview about how he changed his voice from pretty much sounding like mine to this deeper kind of rich sounding voice that he uses. He's like a uh, spoken word author and TEDx speaker and all this other kind of stuff. And I talk about how um, if you next time you hear me, I may be sounding like this brother, right? Well, I made this episode like, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And as you can tell, I did not follow his advice. Just too busy, I guess. Who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe one day I'll take his advice and one day you'll come on this podcast and you'll hear someone who sounds more like Barry White than Kermit the Frog. <laughs> anyway, I hope you love this episode of um, uh, Dungeons and Drags, uh, episode 18, Do I Sound Black? I know that I don't, but this episode explores what does it mean anyway to sound black? Let's find out. Everybody flat on the set. Scene one, take 10, marker. And... Action. Morning, officers. What y'all, the second team? We're the first team. Yeah. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. See? That's more natural for us. 
You've been hanging out with this dude too long. Eddie Murphy's Axel Foley in 1984's Beverly Hills Cop takes a hilarious pot shot at the African-American police officer teamed up with a white partner to follow Axel. The joke is funny because while we know that the voice that Murphy illustrates is a stereotype, in all stereotypes there's some truth. And so, I have to be honest, I have no idea what in the world possessed me to record this episode. Like, do I have some kind of self-masochistic bent to my personality? But as you know, I'm all about being authentic and vulnerable, and so, here goes nothing. Now, let me ask you something, and I want you to be completely honest, capiche? If you had never heard any of the previous episodes of this show, or seen any of the photos of me on this blog, and this were your first time hearing me, would you think I was black? I'm going to say that for most of you, the answer is probably no. I hate my voice. I hate my voice. Yes, I, I know. Most people hate the sound of their voice, but like, I really hate, I profoundly hate my voice. It's a completely ironic that I even have a podcast. My younger step-cousin and her little sister used to have this nickname for me back when I was uh, in my teenage years and they were around seven and eight. They used to call me Kermit, and I, it wasn't because I had a green complexion. You all have met my recurring podcast partner in crime, JD. He gets in on the action, too. We cross him from the post office back over to um, Screenplay Systems. You know, you're not supposed to jaywalk when you come out of that alley. And you and we had jaywalked. We cut across the street, and you were behind us for some reason. And then we were, we were already in the parking lot. We were done. And, and, and then you were trying to cut across the street, and a, and a cop pulled you over. It was a, I think it was a female on a bike. And uh-huh. it was just funny because you, you always have... You have a, you tend to have a loud voice at times. Like, and we just heard you in a distance go, huh? What? <laughs> hey, hey, kid, getting the cop pulls you over. We're like, run, run, run. And then we added we added the Jar Jar Binks in it. You still talking to me, <laughs> Was Jar Jar out yet? Uh, no, but we we embellish. You know, we won't let that die. So we added that so at some yeah. point. I just don't have that classic, deep African-American tonal quality. I think of people like James Earl Jones, Ossie Davis, Morgan Freeman. I would love to have even half the power and gravitas and cultural vocals that these men have. Perhaps I'm being too hard on myself. I mean, perhaps most black men don't even sound as regal as those guys do. But I frequently feel like Peter Brady in that Brady Bunch episode where his voice was changing. So what is an artist to do when the primary tool for their craft is profoundly lacking? Am I doomed in this artistic endeavor? Should I just pack in my bags and just stick to creating pretty images? Do you ever feel like that sometimes as a filmmaker? Like you know where you want your craft to be, but you feel like you just can't get there? You feel like you're maybe even hardwired to fail? You think to yourself, I just don't have it, and I probably never will. But I don't believe that. Yes, I believe some people are naturally gifted, but most people aren't. And the ones who make it are the ones who are willing to put in the work. Michael Jordan has famously told the story of how he didn't make the high school basketball team because he wasn't good enough. He ended up doing okay. 
Studies have shown that the overwhelming majority of people who are successful in any craft were not geniuses or particularly gifted. They just worked really damn hard. Never want to throw in a towel, I'm a fighter to the end. So I turned to someone who I knew worked on his craft and involved his style with purpose and direction. His story is one that is completely applicable to you as a filmmaker, or really any artist for that matter, and it just so happens his craft is also related to his voice. It's none other than Marshall Davis Jones. His spelling father spoken word poem has been viewed millions of times. I heard he actually worked deliberately to get his voice to that rich tonal quality. So I told him about my play to see if he could, you know, help a brother out. You had talked about, like in our last call, how you, like you worked on developing the, your, your, your performance voice, so the voice that you have. And we were talking about, you know, how, you know, as we explore what it means to develop a signature style, you talked about that's something you worked on. How did that come about? Like, in what is that something that is an ongoing process? First, I was learning by imitation. So, it's a funny story. We had an event um, where we were honoring John Linguizamo at the um, at the New Eureka, right? So, New Eureka. So, John is in the John. John's downstairs, right? <laughs> and I'm in my trying to learn my voice mode. So, so I walk up. I'm like, "Hi, John," and like. <laughs> He looks at me like, the fuck, what the, the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, why is he talking to me like that? My, my name is Marshall Davis Jones. It was just very like, like, I was like, oh, hail Caesar. Like, you know, like very, um, and I talked like this for a very long time. And I remember, um, you know, I remember one time I used to, uh, I used to sell CDs like I used to sing in nail salons uh, to women to, to sell the CD I'd made a long time ago. But one day like, I went in to the, to the nail salon, I'm talking to the lady and I'm like, you know, so I have my CD and I'm like, <laughs> and, and she's like, uh, why are you talking like that? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, this is my natural voice. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, uh, no, it's not. Like I, like, and I was like, and I was like, I tried to pull the like. I'm learning this from acting school. She's like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> and she's basically calling me on my shit. She's like, so first of all, I've gone to acting school, and I've done voice work, and that's not your natural voice. And um, you know, I definitely tried to deny. It. Like, I don't understand what you're talking. About. <laughs> you know, but but you know. So there was the first phase of like, what the hell is wrong with Marshall? <laughs> like that was the first phase, right. you know. But then it, um, then uh, once I kind of got a bit more comfortable with, um, I guess my own voice, uh, then people would just say, "Yo, did your voice get deeper?" Um, you know, it just became like that became the thing. But you know, I would I would I would uh, I would stay up all night. I mean, I would break night listening to different voices that I liked. Like I would listen to Barry White, I would listen to Ian McKellen, I would listen to 
Benedict Cumberbatch, I would listen to Morgan Freeman. I basically listen to people who are renowned for the quality of their voice, trying to solve the puzzle for what it was that made their vocal quality so amazing. So I have like 2,000, maybe 3,000 voice notes in my iPhone. Crazy, you know, talking to my phone to try to figure that out. You know, it's a continuous process. I look at my voice as an instrument, and so it's like the way that someone would study guitar for their whole lives. You know, um, I'm very adamant about studying, you know, my voice until it becomes a very, you know, um, like studying all of it, and then when it's time for me to use it, then I have a very natural frame of reference to draw from, and I don't sound like, you know, I try to shove, um, Romeo and Juliet into my, <laughs> you know, right, right. Uh, yeah, man. So that's uh, so. Yeah, to answer the question about as far as it being a continuous process, uh, yes, um, <clears throat> it's not as grueling as it used to be. There's hope for me, is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, first of all, I mean, I think that you definitely have. You know, there's a depth in your voice. It's not like you talking like this, like, hi, my name is Ron Dawson, and yada, yada, yada. Like, this, like funny enough, this was actually, like, this was my speaking voice at one time as an adult. Like, yeah, <laughs> my name is Marshall Davis Jones. I do poetry, you know? <laughs> um, you know, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you're not starting from there. There's a very distinct timbre in your voice um, that I would be like, okay, this dude, this dude is this dude. Is, this is a black guy. It's really about the timbre and um, and the overtones. And the only way you can control that is by controlling the breath. And the best way to control the breath is to ensure that the nostrils are playing a very huge role in your inhaling and exhaling process throughout the day. All right. So, dear listeners, if you notice an increased uh, vocal tone in this dear host's voice over the next few episodes, it's because of this brother right here. <laughs> just don't start off at like hi my name is ron dot like don't do that don't, don't don't do that next episode like keep your keep your fans man don't don't scare them <laughs> that's awesome let's end it right there man i appreciate it thank you man have a great day have a great weekend you as well all right take brother care. take care bye-bye so my fellow from making friends i believe there is hope for me after all and if there is hope for me there is hope for you too and, like the aforementioned song from the Bradys, together we can rearrange our lives from who we are to what we're going to be. Our every boy's a man inside, a girl's a woman too. And if you want to reach your destiny, here's what you've got to do. When it's time to change, then it's time to change. Don't fight the time, come along for the ride, don't you see? I totally forgot that I had those Brady Bunch scenes in that episode. Man, when I was a kid, I loved the Brady Bunch. You can actually read about that in my book. Uh, one of the chapters, I kind of talk about my uh, media consumption as a child. And uh, how one of my first early crushes was Jan. Explains a lot. Explains a lot. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. If you haven't already, go check out the book, Dungeons and Drags. It's available now. I don't know what you're waiting for. On Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Actually, I think my publisher has a special Juneteenth sale going on. 
there will be a link to get it cheap on the show notes for this episode. I don't know how long it's going to last, so go out and check it out as soon as you hear this. And uh, let us know what you think of the book. If you've read it, we'd love to see some reviews come online or shoot us an email at uh, podcast at dungeonsanddurex.com and let us know what you think. All right, that's it. Short episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Now I will read us into the credits. The Dungeons and Durex podcast is a production of Blade Runner Media and Bonnie and Clyde Productions. This episode was written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Ron Dawson. Special thanks to my black BFFs, JD and Yolanda Cochran. No relation to Johnny. And JD does all of our audiograms. You can follow me online. Uh, Twitter is uh, at Ron Dawson. I'm on the gram, that would be Instagram, at Blurred Runner. And uh, my TikTok account is starting to grow there. I got, in one week, I got nearly uh, over a thousand new followers. And one particular video kind of go mini viral. But uh, I'm putting some really fun content on there, doing some reading for my book, doing a few uh, episodes of stupid shit that Trump supporters say, taken right from my book. I think you'll enjoy those. And uh, a few other pieces on there that I think you'll enjoy. So uh, you can find me on TikTok at Blurred Runner. You can find JD on Twitter at that JD Cochran. And you can find Yolanda at Rat in a Wheel with all those words separated by underscores. So remember, having white privilege is not bad, denying it is, and in the absence of biblical certainty, choose love. See you next time.